Welcome to another episode of The Optimized Mind. Before we get into the episode, make sure you take a look at our Optimized Life Coaching Program. This is a way for you to put the information I'm sharing with you in each episode into practical use. Knowledge is awesome, but knowledge with experience and coaching creates true wisdom. If you don't begin taking action soon to optimize your mind and your sensual life and your financial life, you won't necessarily get the results that I know you so deeply desire. So I've designed a life coaching program to help accelerate you through this process in the quickest manner possible. I call it simply how to unfuck your mind. The Optimized Mind Life Coaching Program. Because it's about optimizing your mind and your sensual life so you can see clearly and think clearly and eliminate sexual shame, financial shame from your life forever. And if you are alive, you have sexual shame. And you probably have some financial shame too. Shame is part of the world that we have inherited. And that world we have inherited is part and parcel of growing up in a religious universe. And even if you are not religious and you are just spiritual, you have been impacted by these kinds of ideas and ideals. Here's my point. When was the last time you had sex in total expansion, in fearlessness, in total vulnerability, in love, and in intimate connection? Honestly, most people will never experience this in their entire lives. And they will pass their beliefs down unconsciously to their children, and their children will do the same because we have seen that as long as these ideals, these kinds of shame based, fear based, unoptimized mental ideals are active, there is nothing really to interrupt them. So they just get passed down for generations upon generations. This is why shame has been running the show for thousands of years. So this unfucking of your mind is quite a different approach to change because it's focused on changing and optimizing your being from the inside out. And this is an, an emergent process. This is not a process you can set a goal and do, but rather well-being, presence, beingness. These are emergent properties, properties that flow through other processes, properties that flow through unfucking your mind. And we do that so you can have more love, more freedom, more pleasure, and more cash. And trust me on this, you don't need more bullshit, BS, belief systems, 
more philosophies. You've already had and been indoctrinated into an entire lifetime of that. You know that because you've been stuck in your life. You get stuck in your sex, in your relationships, in your money. All of it. This process is a unique acceleration process, and it works superbly well. I've been testing out the Tantra X and the Tantra XO trainings that are on my website for almost four years now, helping people to optimize their sexuality. I mean, this is essential if you want to be happy in your life. You have to learn how to cultivate pleasure and well-being and set up the, the mindsets and unfuck your mind so you can fuck more, quite literally, better. <laughs> ah. So you can have more pleasure, more freedom, more sharing, more intimacy, more depth, better communication, all of that. And if you get your thinking right, those things flow naturally. As I said, this is a unique acceleration process. Through my products and my coaching program, I will save you five to ten years of time wasted. So if you want to know more about the sexuality stuff, you can find the links on my website to Tantra X for men, Tantra XO for women. And if you put in the code right now, OPTIMIZE, the word OPTIMIZE in all caps at checkout, I will give you 20% off the regular price. And that's for my listeners. You can have that right now. So if you want to test drive optimizing your sex life, head over to lawrencelanoff.com right now. And under Optimize, you can look for men or women. And you can discover Tantra X for men, Tantra XO for women. And you can optimize your life now. All right, thanks for listening. Let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to The Optimized Mind. This is Lawrence Lanoff, and I will be your host, guiding you in an entire pathway to the discovery of how to optimize your mind, your body, your money, and your life. The Optimized Mind is a way of looking at the world that allows you to simplify the processes that you don't realize are a waste of time but are absolutely taking your life force. And in this show, I will show you shortcuts to looking at life, understanding myth 
and money and relationships and sexuality. We will look a, take a hard look at all of it, all to help you to optimize your mind and your life. episode I just want to tell you it is edgy so if you have kids you may want to listen to this at another time Uh, we definitely talk about some raw things in fact if you listen right now this recording is a little bit uh, interesting anyway because I am staring at the ocean in Acapulco where Karina and I are preparing for our weekend workshop and having so many interesting conversations, I realized I needed to share some of these conversations with you because they're just, they're, they're complicated. Karina comes from a, she's from Mexico and comes from a very conservative background. And so for her to open up so vulnerably and share deeply and honestly, and, and also do a piece of change work right here like right here live she just stuck with it and um it was one of those pieces that I know has been an issue for her in her life so it was very powerful to just have an opportunity to go through that and find a way to to struggle through it which a lot of times it takes that with critical thinking critical thinking is a skill we have to develop it's not something we learn and as a result it really, it really takes a certain level of concentration and thought and a level of awareness that is profound. And that, I think, is ultimately what we're looking to share and teach, is the, the ability to think critically in the face of chaos and fairy dust. 
And so part of sharing so openly, and I really am thankful for her generosity to just be open and share and, and go through her process right there and just kind of share it right there with you and us together. And so when you listen to the show, just understand that this is us just kind of talking, chatting, sharing live um, with you, just to give you some insights about how, how you can use the five games and the tools and how to optimize your life in a way that lets you use it in practical sense. You know, this, the, the, if you can't use a tool practically in a generalized sense, then it really isn't a tool. So we're sharing these ideas and you're kind of sharing them live. And that was a really generous thing to do. So, so as you listen, listen to the sound of the ocean and enjoy that, but really listen in on a very intimate conversation and sharing about the way women have been repressed and suppressed, the fairy dust that gets sprinkled in our eyes through religion and mythology. And as I said, it's an edgy episode. It's probably an episode you don't want to listen to if you have kids in the car. I mean, maybe you actually do, but I'm just saying probably be better if you listen to it first. And uh, that's it. Enjoy the show. guest today is the fabulous, incredible, marvelous, wondrous, alchemist, Karina Velasco. Welcome. Thank you. A pleasure being here with you and just having new conversations New conversations, very, exactly. very important. New conversations, <laughs> opening our brains and our minds to explore new ways of being, communicating. What beliefs can we create according to our times? Yes. 2016. 2016, at the time we're recording this, and we are sitting... Um, at a friend of Karina's place in the fabulous Acapulco. In fact, I'll take a picture and post it in the show notes of exactly where we're sitting while we're recording because it's, it's kind of amazing. So when you hear the birds in the ocean, that is not a sound effect. That is, in fact, where we are. And I thought it was important to share this with you because we're going to talk about how... We're going to talk about how spirituality and religion frame our deepest held beliefs how in the most subtle ways and sometimes in very 
open ways, spiritual practices are really shaming female sexuality. We're going to talk about this, kind of the underbelly of the spiritual path and religion in general, and this kind of obsessive thing that religion and spirituality have with shaming and breaking down women and kind of keeping them in their place. So we're going to talk about that, and it'll be... uh, It should be a good conversation. So I'm excited because we've had a lot of, we've been having a lot of conversations and I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just share this. Let's just start sharing about some of these ideas. Um, Because I believe like, as you're listening to this, there may be one idea that plants a seed that changes your life. And that would be our goal for today. So this is an unfiltered, and if you've you've listened this far in my podcast, you already know it's unfiltered. We use raw language, we'll be talking about things that most people are afraid to talk about, but here we are. And mostly women, and that's why I'm so excited about sharing all this with you guys, because it's the first time I do, in a public sense, because... You know, I grew up very confused, Lawrence. Uh, I grew up Catholic, uh, raised. Uh, I went to non-school, so I had all those beliefs of being a good girl. Uh, my vagina is not going to belong to anybody except to my husband. And, you know, it, it was very repressed in a way. And in the other hand, I grew up also with all this spiritual practices, you know, meditation. My dad did yoga since um, I was born. So it was always confusing because if you heard the podcast about the games, I've been, you know, jumping from when from game one to three, three to one, one to three. And besides the struggle in, in my brain, I've been spiritually damaged and it was tough. That's when I reached out to Lawrence and I think I would have never got out of that without your support in just opening my mind and really optimizing what I believe and optimizing what I really want and not being a slave also spiritual teachers shaming me and telling me what to do or who I am so it's you know it's it's tough because I mean spirituality you know it's it's nourishing in a sense but it can also be very damaged and I've been there yeah I think well I have too I mean part of the thing is this is a little bit of a difficulty that I have to deal with just in general is like I grew up as a true believer. I I started my spiritual path super young and I went into any practice that an adult told me who seemed to have some kind of authority. I went in full on. I was like, well, they must know. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it and I'll, I'll do the thing that nobody else was willing to do. I'll get up at four 58 in the morning and take the cold shower in the blue light and, uh, you know, and then start my mantras at, you know, 517 and then do my yogas at, you know, 5, 
46.7 seconds you know like i like i did that and had your water with lemon at 11 11 exactly <laughs> exactly right and so you know so i did all that stuff but because of the volume of trauma and things that i had in my life there were some things that just didn't work so when i would go to the teacher and say you know uh this still isn't working. I'm still dealing with this, this issue. And they would say, Oh, well, that's because you didn't do X. And I would be like, well, no, I did that. And you're like, oh, oh, well, you know, yeah, you did that. But most people, did you really do this thing? Did you really, you know, put your thumb up your ass in the cold shower at the time that I told you to? And I'd be like, well, yeah, I did that. And they're like, Oh, Okay. Well, then what about what about what's going on in your unconscious? Like, are you aware of like, have you been taking notes and keeping a journal? I'm like, yes. Ha, you know, and they go through this like checklist of all the places that they hope I haven't done stuff so they can blame that. Yeah, like you did something wrong and that's why it isn't working. That's right. Instead of just like this doesn't work for everybody or it doesn't work. Exactly. And, that, and that's really the paradox. So if you want to get to the crux of the problem of spirituality, the problem of spirituality is right here. It is the, the delusional belief that one system, anything, can work for everybody. That delusional belief, in order to hold that belief, you literally have to block out data and information that is telling you different. You have to block that out, and so you have to encompass yourself in a tiny circle of belief. And any information that's contrary to your belief, you just, you just ignore it, or you say the sample is messed up, or you say the people are messed up. Or sometimes it's follow a lineage, you know, that, that's very noted. Like, that's why you don't see results, because if you're going to get into Kundalini, just to put an example, you have to follow the lineage and do just that as a practice if you practice something else anything else it's not gonna work that's right so I, I dealt a lot with that because I started uh, doing Ashtanga yoga when suddenly I was like oh my body doesn't feel right I want to do something else it's like oh yeah like some of my Ashtanga yogi friends it's like oh no wonder why your practice has decreased you know because you didn't follow the instructions you have to follow a leader you have to follow these instructions and take this path forever because that's the only way it's gonna work and also another cute thing that I was always you know like told regarding spirituality is if you don't follow a lineage you're not respecting and honoring the ancestors and the creators so the energy won't work because you're not honoring so yeah, that, that also made me like a believer and I tried everything and I did anything and I felt something was wrong with me, Lawrence, because I consider myself an explorer and I got really bored easily with the practices. It's like, okay, yeah, I need this, but today I need some Hatha, tomorrow and Ashtanga, then I need some Iyengar. That's just the way I roll. So then it was like, I'm not persistent, I'm not consistent, I'm not determined, I'm not disciplined, just because I didn't want to be a follower. I was shamed by that. Like, oh, you're not reliable. That's how it is. So, so let's, let's call out what the leverage points. In order to get anybody to do anything, 
any human to get anything in terms of a belief system, you have four major leverage points. Blame. So it's not the system. The system is absolutely right because, you know, Jesus can't be wrong or Buddha can't be wrong or, you know, somebody else, you know, living 2,000, 2,500, 3,000, 5,000 years ago couldn't possibly be wrong. Um, it has to be you. So shame on you. So shame, blame, that's, you know, shame, blame, blaming you. It's your fault. You didn't get up at, you know, 546 and put your thumb up your ass. Um, and uh, guilt. And then the final piece, which you said and you hinted at, but the final piece, it would be exclusion. I kick you, I, I begin excluding you from the inner circle. And eventually I just say, oh, well, you didn't get it. You can't get it. You don't get it. So I shun you and kick you out of the group. And that's a big one because a lot of times I didn't believe, you know, in those belief systems or in the practice but then I pretend that I did because I love the people and I had friends in the circle. And when I was like, I no longer believe it, they You're just out, kicked man. me out. You're out. So then comes you that are. feeling again of like the guilt. Oh, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm wrong because all these people do believe and I don't. And then you go into social pressure to believe that and you feel alone and scared and then you go back in. And that happened to me when I was part of they don't call themselves a cult, but I, I truly believe it now, you know, because I've seen how that works in reality with, with um, you know, with what's going on about, like, creating tribes. And, and that's why I went in back and forth so many times. So I was like, this is an amazing group of people, but as long as I wasn't confirming their beliefs or believing the same things, I just got kicked out, and I went a little bit into shame. Now I'm going to be alone. Who's going to understand me? Exactly. If I don't believe, you know, where I'm going to find, like, people I can hang out with. And, you know, it's just, it's just uh, a hamster wheel. Like, it's, it's not easy to get out of it until you understand several things that still I don't get, but I am on my way. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, really. So, well, let's talk about those several things. Yeah. Like, what are some things, um, what are some things, we'll, we'll talk about, we're, we're circling around the idea in case you just joined in or you're kind of tracking this podcast. What we're talking about is spiritual damage. Um, this is a, it's great in a sense because you can start to see how the five games can help you sort through the nonsense because the games, the magic trick is the same magic trick. And the metaphor I use for this is like a magician can fool doctors, lawyers, you know, scientists, presidents, moms and dads, moms and dads. Yeah. Magician can fool everybody except one person. God. <laughs> <laughs> God is the God would be the the ultimate magic trick. Um, no, another magician. You can't fool another magician because if you understand how manage works, 
how uh, how things work, um, how magic works. You, can, you how can you be fooled? You know how the thing is done. You may not know the exact way that person is doing that magic trick, but you know they're doing a magic trick. Yeah, and you you have some idea of the mechanism of the magic trick. Mm. You know, so so magic can be broken down to there's like I think seven essential magic tricks, and um, you know, so one would be like the vanish, make something disappear and reappear. That's a staple of all. Magic. It doesn't matter whether you make the Empire State Building appear, disappear, and reappear. Fundamentally, it's the same trick. Or a card. Or a card. Yeah. Or a coin. Exactly. You know, so break and repair. So where you destroy something and then you magically repair that thing. Mm. That's another one. So once you start to see the, the underlying essential magic trick... It doesn't matter how big or extensive or how much bullshit or fairy dust or smoke and mirrors somebody's using, you get you see it. You see the trick. You're just like, well, you know, yeah, you did all this fairy dust, but the trick already happened. And I think for me, you know, like learning about the five games and when I started to hang out with some of my spiritual friends, which I love, you know, I have fun with, like you said, when I learned to see the magic trick, I understood I don't need to be a believer in order to belong exactly. or to do or to hang out with people. You know, you're just there and that's just the way it is. And then you see the trick, but I don't have strong feelings about it because it's like, I choose not to believe that. Yeah. I choose not to believe. That's it. Yeah, and it's beautiful because then you're in the driver's seat. Like, like I'm fine with people until, like, I, I, I'm happy to hang out with anybody until you start to want to get in my head and try to convince mind me. Mind fuck you. Mind fuck. Yeah. That's my boundary. You start mind fucking me, you're out. Persona yeah. non grata, period. Because it is not my responsibility to teach you what I know. Mr. Cult leader or whatever, you know, it's not my responsibility. Like, write me a fucking check. And I'll snap you out of your cult. I am capable. But I'm oh, not yeah, gonna, I know. I, I've seen you yeah, make I'm, people cry. I'm not going to do that for free. So it's not my responsibility to, like, enlighten the cult leader and be like, oh, well, let me tell you where you're, like, so far fucking off base. But I think that's also a delusion in the spiritual community. It's, you know, it's, it's a personal practice, like... You, you know, your food, you're not trying to get people to eat things or if you want, like, advice, you go to a nutritionist. So in the spiritual community, I found, like, now everybody has a truth. It's enlightened. So they hang out and we cannot be talking about the weather and the palm trees and the birds. It's like I have to enlighten you. I have to oh, yeah, I'm on tell a mission. you the truth. I'm, I'm on a mission. This is my purpose in life. So it gets a little annoying because... That's messing out with your psychology and your brain, even if it doesn't seem like it. You know, if I want advice, I hire someone. Totally. If I need a therapist, I go to a therapist. But, like, for God's sake, <laughs> people, like, stop, like, giving advice when you're not, you know, looking for it or asking for it. Well, that that is... Can the... we just hang out and have fun? Exactly. Which is why we're starting our own cults. This is going to be the cult of the juicy vagina or something like that. It's just like, you know, just something that is just more like real and fun. Just relaxed, you know, just 
we're like we don't have to mind fuck each other we don't have to shame each other we don't have to blame each other i have basically lived once i figured this out kind of the five games out i i really dropped like you know i don't i have no need to shame blame or guilt anybody because that would make it if i were doing that it would mean that i know what the fuck i'm talking about which i don't so there's no need to blame or shame anybody because like I don't have absolute truth. I know that I don't know. That's my strength. But that takes a lot of pressure out. It takes all the pressure off. Yeah. I don't, you know, we can just hang out. I don't know. And talk about life and make things up or... Exactly. Figure things out. But it's, it's like I'm not going to your brain trying to convince you of something. And, and I think for me, a lot of the spiritual manipulation I went through, it's because I wanted validation and love at the end. You know, that's what I really wanted and like to feel good. So I didn't have that boundaries. That's why boundaries were so important. And when you taught me about having psychological boundaries, I never heard of that, just the physical, but not the psychological. So it was very easy, you know, like for somebody to come and like get into my brain and plant seeds and like disestablish me emotionally and then just tell me what to believe. And if you're a believer, that's why, like, I don't consider myself a seeker because a seeker is always looking for something. Exactly. Versus exploring, it's exploring reality, and this is what is. And either I feel good with it, I do it. If I don't feel good with, not good without that, I don't do it. But yeah, like, I was fully broken, you know, in, in, at the end of like the spiritual path, like. I did. I, I I grew up very happy, you know, in a sense. Like I didn't have any big traumas, but I I totally felt I was fucked up, and maybe had some neurological disorders, and emotionally unstable, and not worth it. And I'm never gonna get enlightenment. Enlightened. Enlightenment? Enlightenment? I'm Mexican, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you say, like, yeah, her, her English is a little, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm Mexican. I'm Cali. Mexican, bitches. I'm Own Mexican, it. bitches. And, and that was, like, really painful for me because instead of feeling better, it destroyed me. And now that I took my pressure out of, like, I'm not going to believe... I don't need to be part of a cult. I don't need to be part of a tribe. I have more friends. I have more easy conversations. And I just feel good. Because nobody's shaming me that I didn't do it the right way. Shame, blame, guilt. Shame on you. Exclusion. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in a, a business meeting and somebody said, you know... Blah blah blah, shame on you. And I just laughed. I was like, oh, that's so cute. It's like it's like a little kid talking about Santa Claus and uh you know, like Rudolph's red nose, you know, shame on you. I just I just laughed because it's like, oh, so wait a minute. So if you have the ability to shame me, that must mean you understand everything about everything that's going on here on planet Earth and the universe. So cool. You know, awesome. So we're what, what you're saying, what I understand is we're not going to change, you know, the way the people are 
or the games they're playing, but we can change by knowing this information about the five games and the magic tricks that won't affect us anymore. It would be like, oh, okay, cool, game one, game five, game four. That's it. It, it really is. It's a, it's, so humans are, you know, uh, when I say this, you may hear this through a moral filter, but it's not a moral thing. Humans are lazy. We're lazy. We have to be lazy. We are being bombarded with so much data and information yeah. every second of every day. So one of the shortcuts our brain came up with to handle all of this is something called a heuristic. It's a, it's just a shortcut. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a shortcut. That's the best way. It's like a, it's like a guess about reality that's good enough. And basically our whole, the whole human existence is a whole bunch of guesses about reality that are basically good enough, right? So if you understand a heuristic, it's just simply that it's like, I saw this uh, squiggly black line on the ground and I jumped and I screamed. Okay. And it turned out it was a, a piece of rope. And let's say 99% of the time, it's just a piece of rope. But one day, I see that thing out of the corner of my eye, I jump and scream, and it's a rattlesnake. So it doesn't matter that I got it wrong 99% of the time. What matters is that 1% I got it right. Hmm. And that's why we're just... A heuristic means <laughs> you manage to stay alive when people who were like, I, have, I am not moved by that squiggly line at all, right? Oh, it's just a piece of rope. That's not where we come from mm -hmm. because that person is, is not alive today to talk to us because the person who was like, oh, it's just a piece of rope. It's just a piece of rope. The time when it wasn't a piece of rope, they're dead. They got the snake bite and they're dead. You see, but that's not where we come from. Our ancestors were paranoid, schizophrenic, manic people who are constantly on alert about shit in their head. That's where we come from. So when we say things like, by the way, think good thoughts, which is what we, where we started yeah. this, that, this is a common cult piece of programming because if I get you obsessed with thinking good thoughts, you will always be in distress because your reptilian brain, your emotional brain, your limbic brain is always on alert. That's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. So it's impossible to have happy thoughts like Peter Pan says all the time, like Tinkerbell. Of course, it's impossible. So, well, it's not totally impossible because we could do a, a frontal lobotomy and sever your prefrontal cortex from your emotional. Yeah. But then you would just lead a life of no emotional affect you would just feel like there's there's yeah there's no experience of life but you literally would have to sever the cord so unless that cord is severed yeah no i don't think that's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's what's so absurd about this whole yeah. like transcendence and you know i'm not emotional bullshit we're God. all emotional of course i mean and we all have like that fuck you all Of course. Huevos a todos in Mexico. Huevos a todos, babies. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's, that, that moment. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even the statement as we're talking about this, this is the slippery slope. As we're talking about this, like, we're all emotional is actually, you know, even saying that is game one. I felt it. Yeah. Actually, I, I felt it in my body. Yeah. 
it's it's so funny because it's that's how it works. It's like, wow, that was a big one. It's big. Or, yeah, I know. Because I mean, I, I I understand the five games, but right now I felt it instantly in my body. Like even saying it, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. So what we're doing Very is we're helping people. You know, one of the reasons I did this podcast is I wanted to come out of the closet. I've been living with this for 14 years. And I was like, man, I just need to. I'm so glad you came out of the closet. I know. I just need to be my full gay self, you know, and just be like, yes, I'm owning this shit. And uh, and in this case, I'm owning the fact that I am a. You know, I don't I am I don't believe anything. You're a non-believer human who just wants to have fun. Yeah, have fun. And a good time. Have sex. Good food. Good food. And I have a deeply spiritual life. But it is... My spirituality is not dependent on anybody's perception. I don't care what you think. Yeah, it's I, your own thing. It's my own thing. It is intimate. It's mine. Um... It's it includes ways that I have found after, you know, 25 years of meditation practice to make myself feel amazing. And one of the reasons I started teaching about sex in general is just because sex is the low lying fruit. Sex is the one thing that humans must have in order to continue existing. So if you think about something that is that literally the survival of the entire species depends on so if you are listening to this podcast and you're listening in an ipod or on your phone or in your car and you're driving through traffic or you're driving through the countryside you're driving on a road or you're walking or you're running if you're listening through electricity you know if you have your phone plugged in if you have have a computer that you're downloading this is because humans fuck we exist and we exist through sex. And if we didn't have sex, and if we didn't do all these incredible things, basically in order to continue having sex, we would not exist. So the fact that you're here is because humans fuck at the most fundamental level. And if they don't, this whole game comes to a screeching halt. So if you think about that, Sex has to be the most important thing that humans do other than eat, poop, breathe. But I'm just saying, you know, circulatory systems aside, we have to have sex one way or another. Now, it doesn't need to be good sex. It doesn't need to be um, it doesn't even need to be, you know, man, woman sex. It's just we're wired to want sex Mm -hmm. because without sex we don't exist and that's that so you can't have i mean it's like an an interrupted natural process and for me being raised catholic it was like no sex you know that's that's the way to go unless you're married and then in the spiritual you know path it was also like no sex brahmacharya like reserve your energy like all those beliefs about what energy is instead of just like energy's energy like stop me from having sex a lot and i was feeling frustrated 
Like there was something, it's like not pooping for a week. Exactly. It's like you feel uncomfortable, you can barely walk, your tummy, it's like all bloated. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's interrupting part of the natural process of life. Yeah, which is basically what I call the psychological clitorectomy that women have received, right? It's mm -hmm. like I disconnect you. I, all I have to do is through shame, blame, guilt, and exclusion, the fear of, and, you know, the fear of hell, whatever, um, you, I can get you to control your vagina and what you do with it. I can get you to, to monitor other women's vaginas and completely dissociate you from your pleasure from your freedom, from the very thing that is what it is to be human, necessary for human existence. And I can take that away from you through a series of dumbass beliefs that are completely made up, that are verifiably, provably made up. But yet we don't question them because we like these, this is where I was talking about earlier, we like these shorthands. So if somebody says, have sex, go to hell, that's good. Okay, that's a shorthand. That gives me a chance to just quickly sort through all kinds of things. Oh, my God, you want to touch my leg? No, 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 that's going to lead to sex. Bad, that's hell. Stay away. In spite of all of that fear, blame, shame, fear of exclusion, fear of death, we still have sex. But then we just have to do it in blame and shame and guilt and, and in hiding. Yeah, the double standard, which is so classical also in, in Latino cultures, you know, because, like, I'm seeing this documentary about, like, women's sexuality and how it started, like, from the age, like, Hammurabi, like the Rosetta Stone. And f since that time, imagine how many years and years ago, like, women... You know, that they could kill women for having sex or committing adultery. So we have all that background of belief systems versus now spirituality. Also, you know, if you're brahmacharya, like you're going to thrive much more, you know, or move that energy like white tantra, for example. And plus, we have the shame of our parents. Plus, we have the shame of the man. Because, okay, I am a slot because I feel or I feel tingly or I just sleep around, how they call it, which is not sleeping, whatever that means. Plus now I've experienced lately the shame of also the spiritual way of sisterhood. Totally. So it's, it's we're, we're dealing with this constant shame. And for me, what really made a difference is to start understanding this magic tricks and that doesn't mean I don't feel it I still feel it but I get out of it really easily yeah. and I don't let that shame control my pussy anymore Jeez. you know and, and, and it took me a while like to really be free and I know this would mean a totally different thing for each one of you 
whatever that means for you. Like like Lauren says, I don't care. I know what I do with my pussy or not. Exactly. But it's 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 my responsibility. It's my private space. It's my private practice, like you said, related to spirituality. I have also have a very rich spiritual life. But I don't go out telling like everybody exactly what I do, even if I teach some of those stuff. You know, it's, it's like my thing, how I connect or not connect, whom I connect to or not connect to or what I do. Ain't like nobody's the whole business, point, man. Yeah, the whole point is like I feel good. Yeah, exactly. And I'm loving people and I'm having a great time and I'm creating, you know, amazing thing to share with the world or, you know, even not sharing, just creating, you know, like unleashing that creative energy and enjoying life and nature and food and sex and men and women and, and it's been amazing but we're not allowing ourselves to have pleasure and we're not allowing ourselves to say hey I'm free and I'm happy because shame on you shame on you to be happy yeah. everything's about sacrifice everything's about hard work everything's about trying everything's about process so for me, it was also that game one of, like, the struggle, you that's, know, that's even it. in spiritual. Like, if you want this, you know, like, suffering and pain is going to get you through it. And, you know, it's, it's, like, enough about struggling. Like, we need to shift that paradigm in my proper point of view. I don't know if it's true or not, like you say. But I do, that's one of the things I do believe on. Well, it's let's let's put it another way, right? So so beliefs are I heard this once, I don't even know if this is true, but it was like the word belief is to be the lie. Be be lie, be the be the lie that be you Be the lie? Yeah, that's what belief is, to Light be Light or lie? Lie. Lie, like yeah. lying? Yeah. Like not true? Yeah. Be the not true? Yeah. That's Whoa. what belief is. Okay. Can, can you go back and erase <laughs> my statement? This is how we learn. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Oops. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I mean, this is. Yeah. This is beautiful. Like, like you, here you are right here. There's learning happening right this second. Yes. Live on the podcast, right? And that's it's fine. That's, of course. That's what we do. That's what we do. And, and, that, and so what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, another way to look at it is if you consider that everything is made up, like, people just make shit up, and they create cults and religions and organizations and all that stuff. And, look, just because a billion people believe something doesn't make it true. Because, like, I don't know how many children there are on planet Earth at any given time, but a majority of children have some idea of this magical being in a red suit pulled by oh, a floating... Oh, don't spoil it. Kids, please. Yeah, cover your ears. Cover your ears. Yeah. But, but they believe in this, yeah. this saint uh, who, who uh, is very judgmental, you know, making a list, checking it twice, going to find out what you're doing or not doing with your genitals. Um, and then... <laughs> If you're good, then you get toys. <laughs> I hope toys for your genitals, but that's a different thing. But um, anyway, my, that's, that's how my Santa works. My Santa's like... Yeah, my Santa's like, Santa, this year, you know, I slept with, I had sex with. That's right. I had energy sex with. How many? 
That's I deserve some and toy. And I get my rabbit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so these these beliefs, these becoming of the lies, rather than that's one way to think about it. But another way to think about it is just what is the fact? And the fact is that the whole idea of sacrifice and suffering is just a, a made up idea. Mm-hmm. I have learned, and this was the big turning point for me was realizing that some of my most incredible lessons did not come through suffering, but came through ecstatic states of meditation, came through ecstatic states of self-pleasuring, like self-pleasuring and just ecstatic, ecstatic, orgasmic. You know, at one time I had this like experience of fucking the universe and I was like self-pleasuring in hot springs while staring at the midnight's stars of just this infinite expansive universe for I don't know it it seemed like hours and there was no like the stars were my porn right I mean that's the that's the joke about all of this stuff it's just I was moving sexual energy in ecstatic states staring at the universe and realizing how absurd anything that I believed was how unimportant I am Mm -hmm. And that was through total ecstatic pleasure. Far more powerful than being abused and beaten and humiliated. Totally. And shamed. It's like, you know, these these ridiculously narcissistic teachers who believe they actually have things figured out. It just, it's like... The second I hear something come out of somebody's mouth, I know what game they're playing, and I have an idea of how little work they've actually done in their lives. Because if you've actually done inquiry, it is impossible to think you have shit figured out. Yeah, and I'm glad you're you're touching base on, on that point, because for me... Like you say, you know, you could be a yogi or you could, like, believe in Vedanta or, like, Taoism, whatever your belief is. But like you say, it's like, since they tell me what to do, at what time to do it, how to do it, there's no space for questioning or inquiring. In fact, if you do inquire, you don't get it. You're a non-believer. Exactly. Right. We're shamed. Yeah. So that keep us, like, the manipulation is designed for us not to inquiry. That's right. But then, you know, it's like you see that shifting in the world. Like, people like now are inquiring politics, you know, they're, you know, it's it start. I mean, little by little, yeah. but it's, it's starting to change. And I think for me that happened with sexuality. It was just like a theme and a topic that I'd, I wasn't allowed to. And when I started to inquiry and discover, like, what, what are the possibilities? What can I do? What is this about? And I figure it out, like what you describe, like by having an amazing orgasm. I had the most profound spiritual, like let's say, experiences or insights or like you, like, I, like it just happened that I had like that, oh, aha moment. Like after an orgasm, I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is how my mind is working. This is happening. And it was just so beautiful for me. And that's why I love to teach and share about, like, connecting with pleasure and, like, learning about that. 
And still it's interesting because when I listen to people, like today I saw this message of this guy on Instagram, um, like doing a salutation to the moms. And the first thing he says, it's like, I appreciate your sacrifice. Your sacrifice and suffering, of course. That's your sacrifice and suffering yeah. from, like, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And and for me, a, a long time, I think that's what made me feel bad. It's like I'm sacrificing. I'm, like, letting something go for, in exchange for this. And then that's when confusion got in instead of the simplicity of things. Like, what do, I, what do I really want? What do I choose to believe? And, like, you know, all the statement I said before, coming back to that, it's like you say, humans make people, like, make things up. So I'm making my own things up. But that doesn't mean they're true, or probably I'm going to make them up right now. And since I know myself in a year, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Exactly. Yeah, so, that's the beauty for me, the beauty is like just being open to the unknown and getting, because also when I really wasn't in, in the spiritual, you know, path, like full on, I noticed I became very self-absorbed and you miss so many beautiful things in life because you're just thinking about you, your own process, what you need to do, right. oh my God. you know, it's, it's like my books, my self-growth, my, you know, like narcissistic I don't consider myself a narcissist because that's something else, but I was really self-absorbed. But that's, that's what the spiritual path is. It's complete self-absorption that every thought you have, you got My mom is going to be happy. I said this in public. Yes, mom, I was (laughs) (laughs) self-absorbed. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's part of the, the thing. It's, it's really funny though, because like on a spiritual path, you're in, encouraged to process and absorb and self-absorb and uh and you're you know it's like relentless and you you go and you go and you go and you go and what you really do is you just become kind of a self-absorbed asshole so so we're going to take a quick break we'll come back and when we come back we're going to talk about more fun stuff. I want to go, I think I want to go a little bit deeper just into like what you see are the traps. Yes. You know, the traps where you got trapped just to kind of help people. So they may see, cause oh. you, you were in deep. Oh yeah. You were I, in I deep. Was, I was trapped and I consider myself a strong woman. At least that's what I thought. I knew that I didn't know. I didn't know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I will give you a little scoop on the trap. So this would, you know, get you the little red flags of what's going on in the world. Awesome. (laughs) We'll be back. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to remind you, even though in the show I said we're taking a break, it's going to be a two-week break. Uh, We will, you know, there was so much good stuff. I decided to just release the whole episode in two parts so you'll get part two in two weeks i'll see you then have a beautiful time wherever you are on planet earth peace out
Civilized Mind is a co-production of LK Publishing and Soul Light Inc. and is solely responsible for its content. To learn more about our life coaching, our products and services to expand your mind, optimize you physically, emotionally, and mentally, sexually, and spiritually, please head over to lawrencelanoff.com. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and any place you download podcasts, and also on lawrencelanoff.com. And listen, it's a big deal to us. If you like this show, please let your friends know. It really makes a difference. Just one comment, and I would love it if that comment came from you. One comment can really make a difference and keep us on the map. Because my intention in sharing these stories with you, these podcasts, is to find community and find like-minded people who can speak the language of an optimized belief system, who, is, who are people who are willing to see clearly in life. We need to have conversations with open-minded people. This is important for deep, true, deep connection. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode right now. Send it to somebody you love, and I will see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you again for joining me on the Optimized Mind podcast.